invite you to take your copy of God's Word and turn with me to the appointed text this evening, which is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. can be found on page 987 of the Blue Bibles that are provided here in the sanctuary. The word of the Lord by Paul. Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and in honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us to impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this disregards not men, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. So far, the hearing of God's word this evening. What do we mean when we pray in the Lord's Prayer that we want to do the will of God on earth as it is in heaven? What does it mean when we pray that prayer as often as we do when we recite and pray the Lord's Prayer. What is to take a step back and think about um, how often we speak of God's will, how often we think and pray for God's will to be done. Perhaps our instinct that when we ask God what his will is, or ask God for help in making his will known to us, it is when we have a choice that is before us. A choice either to go to the right or to the left. We have come to a fork in the road, and we need to know what the Lord wants us to do, what school he wants us to go to, what job he wants us to take. Should we buy this house or that house? Should we buy this for lunch or that for lunch? Should we buy this dress or that dress? Lord, what is your will? Should I go to this town in this time in this place, as Paul prayed, or should I go to this place? What is your will? And perhaps when we come to that place in our prayers, the untold assumption is that God cares more where we go and what we do and what choices we make 
then he is concerned with who we are. And time and time again, as we read in God's word, the Lord tells us that his will is primarily concerned with who we are. Tonight, want us to be very clear from the start what will of God we are speaking about. We are not speaking about the secret will of God, that will that resides within the Lord that is known to him and to him alone. Sometimes we call it the will of his decree. The Lord tells us that the secret things belong to him and to him alone, but the things that he has revealed belong to us and to those who follow us. The Lord does have a will, of course, that belongs to him and, on and only to him, and that, of course, is what he does. He says, I am the Lord your God. There is no other. I am God. There is none like me who declares the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that have yet been done, saying, my counsel and I will accomplish all my will. We know that whatever takes place in this entire world occurs at the will of God. From the greatest acts that we can see to the smallest moves of the tiniest atoms that we cannot see. All of this occurs beneath the sovereign control and will of God. But that is not the will that we are speaking about here. Nor are we speaking about that secret will that belongs to God in which he ordains our day-to-day -day events in which the Lord Jesus taught us to pray, saying, before you say that you're going to go to such and such a town or do this and such on that next day, make sure that you say, if the Lord wills. Tomorrow I plan to wash clothes and to mop the floor at my house. But I'm going to do that if the Lord wills me to do that. And so we always want to put that footnote in all of the plans that we make, not because we are so pious and we want to mix into our sayings things that will make others think that we are holy but because we want to live our lives in, in such a way that we bring to the forefront of our own minds that we will only do the things that we intend to do if that is God's will. But that's not what we're speaking about in the Lord's Prayer. Nor are we speaking about that secret will of God in which from before the foundation of the earth, he foreordained and chose us to belong to him. The way that he chose us in Christ, as the apostle Paul says, as he writes to the church in Ephesus in the first chapter, that he chose us according to the foreknowledge of his will. It was God's will that we would belong to him. 
But that also is not the will of God that we are speaking about when we pray in the Lord's Prayer. So what is it that we are praying when we pray in the Lord's will, thy will be done? We are praying about the revealed will of God. We are praying that that which the Lord has revealed in his word and taught us in this book is his will for every one of our lives, that that would come to be in my life and in your life. And in the text that is before us tonight, it makes it absolutely clear what God's will is. Tonight, you can go home and you can tweet or you can post on Facebook or you can write on whatever site you write on or call all of your friends if, you, if you're inclined to pick up the telephone and make telephone calls and say, tonight at church, I found out what God's will is. God's will is that I should be sanctified. God's will is that I should become like Christ. That is what his will is. So that is the newsflash of all newsflashes. The secret is out. God's will for my life is the same as his will is for your life, and that is that you should become holy more and more day by day, that you should grow in likeness and in conformity to Christ. That is what he wants. And therefore, that is what God is bringing about in your life and in mine. And this occurs time and time. And in God's word, we are told that we are not to be conformed to this world but to be transformed by the renewal of our mind, that by testing, we may discern what is the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable, and what is perfect. But you see, just in the way that Paul works out that sentence as the Spirit carried him along to write it in that way makes it clear to us what the will of God is. It is that we should be transformed into the likeness of Christ, not to be conformed into the pattern of the world in which we live. We go on. We are told to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God. The will of God is that we should be thankful. Thankful for the good things? Yes. Thankful for all things. Thankful in whatever circumstance we find ourselves in. That the bubbling up of our heart would be, Father, I don't like this, but I am thankful for it. My Father, this is not what I would have picked for my Life, but I give you thanks because this is what you have brought about. And I know that it is your will that I should be thankful for what you have brought to me. The Bible says, this is the will of God, you doing good. I know without a shadow of a doubt that it is God's will for me to do good. Well, what does it mean to do good? To 
do good according to God's word. See, how oftentimes do we pray and we just lob prayers up as if we don't know what God wants? And in all sorts of spaces in our life, we don't know what God is going to do. But according to his word, we do know what God wants. We might not know where he's going to have us live or what job he's going to have us to take or how long our life is going to be, but we know that wherever he puts us, for no matter how long, he wants us to live obeying his word. He wants us to be people who are obsessed with the word of God because we make it our aim to please him. And so we want to digest all of the word of God so that we would know what is pleasing in our heavenly father's eyes. We should no longer live for the passions of our fallen human flesh, but we should live for the will of God. We should not live as those who please men, but we should do the will of God in sincerity from the heart. What is it to pray, thy will be done? What does it involve? It involves two things. This, ser this sermon has two points. And the first point is this. Praying thy will be done means first that I'm praying that God will subdue my own will that the Lord will help me to renounce my will. You see, I have a will, and so do you. And because we are fallen creatures, this means that our will is fallen as well. We wake up, and the first thing out of our uh, mind's eye is, what do I want? What do I need? What am I going to do with my day? In our fallen na uh, natures, we are profoundly man-centered or self-centered. And as we talked about this past week, we wake up and we think that we are God. We think that we are the Lord who is on the throne and that we exist to do our own will and to exert our own will on all those with whom we come into contact with throughout the course of the day. And we might even speak things in the subtlety of the thoughts of our fallen mind like is recorded in God's word. Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? Who does he think he is? Who does he think that he is that he should exert his will on me? I have a will of my own. Who is the Lord over us? Of course, it was Pharaoh who spoke that word the first time. But Pharaoh wasn't so bad that he alone spoke that. That's what you and I say in our fallen flesh every single day. Who is the Lord that he should be my Lord and exert his will upon me? 
And from time to time, we just need to pause and to um, look ourselves square in the face and admit to ourselves, I have a will. It is a fallen will. And my will is not God's will. And so I want to remind myself here and now that I am not God. Lord, will you help me to recall in all of the times and all of the spaces throughout my day that I am not you? And as I do, Father, will you help me to renounce my will? That is, to put it away from me. To say, in my flesh, this is what I want. I want to be served. I want to have things. I want those around me to think well of me. I want those around me to be impressed with me. I want to climb whatever ladder I am on. I want to get where I'm going to go. And if I have to use someone else to get where I need to go, then that's what I'm going to do. You see, we just need to name that and own that so that we can put it away, so that we can repent of that, so that we can turn our back on this fallen will that is so obsessed with self and instead follow Christ. And isn't that exactly what our Lord said when he said, before you call yourself a disciple of Christ, count the cost. Now, what he was saying as he, as he talked about the cost of what it means to be a disciple is forsaking home, family, and wealth. But he goes on to say, it is even forsaking self, this fallen will. If you would come after me, let a man deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And what does it mean to take up our cross? But to come and die. To die. To let that fallen man with that fallen will and all of the things that that will wants to do just die. So we do want to turn our back upon it and to repent of it, to own it and to name it. But we also want to put it to death. Say, you old man. You fallen man, you have died in the death of Christ. I now, here and now, count you as dead to me. I do not want to know what you want. I do not want to know all of the coveting of your heart. What I want to know is Christ. I want to know his will for me. I want to go where he wants me to go. I want to do what he wants me to do. I want to say whatever he wants me to say. Isn't that what just stands out to us about the life of Christ from the very start? In John's gospel, he has a special lens, if you will, to see this divine will of Christ as it comes into conflict with the human will of Christ. In John 6, the Lord said, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. 
Why does the Lord Jesus say that um, beyond allowing us to begin to come to terms with the two natures of Christ? It's also so that we might be led on with him, so that we might sympathize with him, and that we might, in Christ, begin to pray the same thing. Father, help me not to do my own will, but to do your will. In John 4, as the Spirit had led Christ out into the deserted place where it was hot and dry and where the sun was deprived of food, remember how the devil came to him to tempt him and said, command these stones to become bread and all of your wants will be satisfied. Jesus responded to Satan and said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. What gave the Lord Jesus strength was to do the will of God. Now, I know when I am um, famished and when I am starving, which surprisingly seems to occur three times a day each, each, each day, at least, I will eat whatever food is in sight, no matter if it is old or gross or has a bad smell. If I am starving, I just get out of the way, let me eat. Jesus says, what I crave, what I long to do, what I desire to do more than anything else is to do the will of my heavenly Father. That brings us to the night that he was betrayed and he is praying, Father, I have glorified you on earth. I have accomplished the work that you gave me to do. You see, Jesus' desire was not just to do the will of God in order to do the will of God. But it was as the perfect and true man, the true Adam, to do the will of God in such a way that satisfies the law of God on the one hand and does it to save you and me. All of us who have fallen wills that do the things that fallen wills do, disobey the law of God. You see, but Jesus has come and has accomplished the work that he was sent to do, and that includes fulfilling the law of God for you. All of the times that our wills have been against God's will, all of the ways that we have sinned against him, in thought, in word, in deed, Jesus has come and has done all of this and said, remove this cup from me. I don't want to die on this cross. I don't want to suffer this pain. Nonetheless, not my will, but yours be done, Father. And you see, right in that prayer is what it means to be a child of God. To be a child of God means that at the end of the day, the all-surpassing prayer is, 
Father, nonetheless, not my will, but yours be done in my life. The second point is this. If the Lord will help us to renounce our will, then we also, in Christ, want to obey God's will. We want to obey God's will. We want to do it. And we want to do it as the Lord's Prayer leads us on earth, here in your life and in my life and all of the places where the Lord puts us as the will of God is done in heaven. In heaven. It doesn't say on the last day. It doesn't say as your will will be done in heaven when all of the saints are raised to worship God there. The Lord's Prayer says, help me to do your will now on earth as it is done in heaven. Now. Well, who is in that heavenly place doing the will of God? All of the heavenly host, all of the angels, all of the created beings that belong to a higher order of creation. All those who God has made to do his will, to perform his will as he commands. Psalm 103 speaks about all of these heavenly host whom God has made. And it says, they do his word. They obey the voice of his word. They do his will in all places. All of these beings that do the will of God hear the command of God and straight away do it. The Lord says, go to this place, and they go. Take this word, and they go. Serve and assist here, and they go and do, and do it straight away. And that is what we make our prayer, that we would be more conformed into the way that those obey God's will. And so we pray, Father, would you help me to know your will? Help me to know your word. That is, help me to know what is pleasing to you. Help me to love your will and help me to love it more than my own. Would you conform my heart to sincerely love the word of God so that I will love to do your will? Help me to fear you, Father. Help me to fear you in love. Help me to revere you in such a way that I would prefer the reproach of men than to displeasing my God. And therefore, help me to obey. And there are four ways in which I think we want to obey God in doing his will. We want to obey him from the heart. God doesn't want us just to be creatures that do his will without feeling it within the depth of our heart. We don't just want to do things on the outward uh, part of ourselves so that others might see it, while internally uh, we don't desire 
to obey God. So we pray, Father, would you help me to obey you sincerely from the heart? We also want to obey him promptly without delay. Um, if you have been around young kids, you know that if there is a delay in obeying, that is not real obeying, right? Um, and we want to be that way with God. If he says, do this, then we want to do it straight away. If he says, trust me in this way, then we want to trust him in that way right away. We want to obey God prompt, promptly in the second in which he brings us a chance to obey him and to, follow, and to follow his will instead of our own. We also want to obey him cheerfully and without complaint. We want to obey him with a glad heart and not murmuring with inside of ourselves. Oh, Father, I guess I will do it in this one chance, but this is the last time that I'm going to do this, and I really don't want to do this, and I really don't want to go to church, but fine, because I know that you're going to whack me on the head if I don't go. That's not really the way that we want to obey. We want to say, Father, will you give me a heart that delights to do your will? Will you give me a sense of cheer and help me, Psalm 119, to run in the way of your commands? We also want to obey God in every season in which he brings us through. We want to obey God continuously. Uh, we want to be quick to obey him in season and out of season. And so we pray and we ask God to make this true for us as our text tells us more and more. Father, I want to obey your will today and tomorrow, if you give me breath, I want to obey it more then. Father, will you give me a sense of cheer as I obey you today? And tomorrow, will you give me even more cheer as I run in the way that you have set before me? Well then, if we're going to pray this prayer, which is a very big prayer for us to pray, Father, help me to do your will in my life then I need to ask myself, should I pray the Lord's Prayer when I really don't want that? What if I don't really want God's will at work in my life? What if I'm still in the place where I just want what I want and I want it in the way that I want it and whatever God tells me to do right now, if I'm being honest, I'm just not there. I think what the Lord has to tell us in his word is, then that especially is the time when we need to pray the Lord's Prayer. Father, will you today conform my will to yours? Will you make this prayer my prayer? Will you make this heart my heart? Will you conform me into the heart of Christ and make me love you more than I love myself? And then, of course, 
What if I begin to pray this prayer and it comes to me at great cost? What if I begin to obey God and actually my whole life turns upside down? What if I lose all of my friends? What if I lose my job? What if I lose my home because I have obeyed God's will revealed in his word? What if God sends me across the entire globe to someplace else where no one speaks the way that I speak and they don't dress the way that I dress and I don't know which end is up anymore? Then, my friend, then we will begin to share in the sufferings of Christ and we will know just a small bit of what it meant for the Lord Jesus to pray, nonetheless, not my will, but your will be done. You see, he was praying that prayer for you, and he was praying that prayer for me, so that we could come here to this place on this night and pray, Father, will you change me? Will you make my heart more like Jesus? Let's pray. Our Father, thank you so much for your word. We thank you that no part of your word fails to produce the intent and purpose for which you send it out. We thank you that no part of your word falls to the ground, but it comes to every single one of our lives and it produces within us the harvest that you intend. So, Father, we pray, by your word, will you change us? Will you grow us? Will you sanctify us? Will you make us become just like Jesus, Jesus Christ, we pray in his name.